I'm Jesse, And I'm Stephanie. We are two Arizona realtors who have built multi-million dollar businesses using only social media. And now we're bringing you our best kept secrets and social strategies to grow your small business online. So grab your coffee and a notebook and let's dive into Socially Modern. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Socially Modern Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie. And I'm Jesse, And we are so excited because today we are wrapping up our Q&A questions. If you remember a couple episodes ago, we did a question and answer with <laughs> Jesse, put me in the hot seat, and I got to answer all of her questions. And uh, today I get to do the same to Jesse. So I'm really excited about this. She has no idea what the questions are. And um, I'm mixing it up. I'm actually not going to do the same questions other than a couple of the very intro ones, uh, just so that we can keep her on our toes. All right. I hope you're ready. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Well, first and foremost, Jesse. Where were you born? Where are you from? So I was born in a little town called Logan, Utah. Um, it's north, north Utah, like 30 minutes from Idaho, northern Utah. Okay. Um, but I was born there, raised there, went to college there, got married there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Moved to Arizona from there. So I spent 25 years of my life living in Logan. Okay. So what brought you to Arizona? I get this question a lot. Um, and I love it. Uh, it was a, a multiple, it's a multiple answer type of question. So part of it was RJ and I really wanted to move to Arizona for like our horses because we have much better weather year round. We can ride them throughout the winter. And it's like, a big thing to come down to Arizona in the winter for barrel races and team ropings. Like people will live in trailers, like they'll haul their living quarters trailers down here and live here through the winter just to be able to like ride horses and stuff. Um, so, I mean, the weather and horses was kind of the biggest thing. I also think we were just, I mean, for me at least, I was ready for a change. Like I just said, I lived in Logan for 25 years. RJ at least had gotten out. He had lived in Logan for the majority of his life too, but he had gotten out. Um, he went to college in Southern Utah. So he, you know, escaped if you will, <laughs> um, <laughs> where I didn't. So I was really ready for a change. And I mean, the sunshine was calling me and I, I get cold so easily. So I was just like ready to get rid of the snow and be somewhere warm and sunny. Yes, exactly. I hear that so many times from people who don't live in a sunny, warm state. Uh, okay, that leads me to my next question. Um, tell me about your family dynamic, like growing up, um, your mom, your dad, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so growing up, it was my mom and my dad, and then I'm the oldest, like you, and then I have a younger brother and a younger sister, just like you. Um, we're all three years apart, though, not two years apart. Um, my parents were together up until I was 10. When I turned 10, um, or the year I turned 10, they uh, divorced. And so I was 10. My brother was seven. My sister was four. So my sister doesn't have 
hardly any memories of my parents being together just because she was so young. Mm -hmm. So, but I had the most because I was the oldest. So then a couple years later, uh, my dad remarried. Then a couple years later, they divorced. And then a couple years later, he remarried again. And my mom was kind of in and out of, you know, just dating and partnerships and stuff like that. So it was very different growing up, um, you know, but ultimately... I was emotionally mature enough when I got into like high school to understand like why my parents got divorced and and I don't hold any remorse or anger or, or anything towards them for that. I think it was necessary That's and good. you know, we're now now they've been s- divorced longer in my life than they were married. Right. Right. And you have good relationships with both of them. You see them when yeah. you go back up to Utah. So that's awesome. Yeah. That is cool. Another oldest child. Yes. <laughs> I think there's something to that. <laughs> there is. Okay. Tell me, what accomplishment are you most proud of? Mm, this is a good one. Honestly, I'm just really proud of the personal growth that I've had over the course of my entire life, really. So I'll be 28 this year in May and I've just learned so much, even like through my twenties and stuff. Like they say you learn a lot in your twenties and it's so true. Right. Um, I've just learned so much about myself, about other people, dealing with other people, communicating with other people. And I mean, I've become super, um, I don't know, very open-minded about things and very like willing to see from other people's perspectives um, and just kind of not, I don't know, like floating isn't the right term, but just like, I don't know. I just can kind of see really, things from all angles yeah. now. Like you feel more, more open. Yeah. Your eyes are open to the world yeah. and different types of people. Especially like growing up in Northern Utah, it's a very LDS heavy culture. I was raised LDS. I'm no longer LDS. And so having that, you know, kind of upbringing and then moving to a major city and just being exposed to so many different things has just really opened my eyes right. a lot. You've grown up a lot. Yes. Basically. Yes. <laughs> Most people do not believe me when I tell them that I'm still in my 20s. Yeah, no, you're very mature. You are. You have an old soul spirit about you. Thanks. (laughs) Okay, next question. Do you feel like a leader or a follower? A leader? Duh. Hands down. (laughs) Like, you knew the answer before you even asked that. But somebody may not know that answer. No, definitely like a natural born leader. And I think back to experiences that I had like throughout high school and in college, like I naturally just stepped into those leadership positions. Like I wanted to, you know, be a captain on the soccer team when I was in high school. I I wasn't, but like that was something that I wanted to do. Um, Always kind of stepped up in like group projects in high school and in college. And, and also like at my first full-time job after I got out of college, um, I scaled pretty quickly and, and became a, a team lead over well, five or six different people. Well, tell us what your people. first job was. That was my next <laughs> question. Um, see, I segued into that perfectly you for you. You did. Um, so my first job 
Well, my like my first job or my first job out of college? Your first job. They were different. Okay. So let me finish where I was going with that. Okay. Um, so the first job I had out of college, I was there for like nine months and I went from being like a team member to a team leader. So, um, you know, just kind of naturally stepping into those leadership positions. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first job ever was I worked at an Aeropostale. Oh my Do you gosh, remember we that both story? Worked. I know. I I didn't want to like steal your thunder in that episode. So oh, I love that. But yeah, I worked at Aeropostale. I got hired. I tried to get a job in high school. Every summer, I would go out and apply for jobs, but nobody would hire me. And then finally, when I got to my senior year, I was about to graduate. Um, the summer before college, they finally someone finally hired me, and so I worked at. Aeropostale just as like a sales associate, that's whatever. Cool. So that's really cool. I love yeah. that. Um, okay. My next question. <clears throat> when you're having a bad day, what do you do to make yourself feel better? I have kind of a library of things. <laughs> if you will. um because I don't think that the same thing works every time it depends on like what kind of bad day and whatever so just give us like the the kind of the basic yeah used method that you have it's usually like checking out of like work and whatever and going and watching the office parks and rec how i met your mother shits creek like any Something one of kind those of shows funny sitcom lighthearted it gets me out of the moment and kind of gets me out of where what i'm thinking about what i may be stressing about what's maybe causing me to have a bad day things like that um that's that's definitely the most common one that i will do <laughs> tell us what you went to college for So when I went to college my freshman year, I was actually a family consumer and human development major, so shortened FCHD. Um, And my original intention going to college was I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist, Um, just stemming from my experience growing up with my parents divorcing. Not that, you know, it, it scarred me or anything. I've grown from it, of course, but I wanted to do marriage and family therapy. And I got into that first year, my freshman year, and then had kind of realized that I would have to get my master's degree in marriage and family therapy immediately after my bachelor's degree. And I was like, I don't want to not be able to get a job after my bachelor's degree and have to go right back into school. And so I ended up, you know, kind of playing around and uh, that freshman year switching from that. I uh, ended up, I don't know why I did this. I switched from um, FCHD to psychology, but like it was the same thing. Like I'd have to, like, if you wanted to do like school counseling or anything, like you would still have to go get your master's. So I don't know why I switched to psychology, but (laughs) from psychology, I switched to business. Okay. Um, and I was in business administration um, for the majority of my schooling. And then the university I went to had very strict rules on like their math programs and stuff. And there was a statistics class that I had to take for my business degree, but I could not test into the class. Like you had to test into the class. 
um, if you hadn't like taken math for like a couple of years or something like that. Okay. And so I had to test into the class, tried and tried and tried and tried and could not test into the class and finally got to a point where I had taken all the classes that I could take because I had the stats class and then there was a class that the stats class was a prereq for and so on and so forth. And so I got bottlenecked um, without the stats class. And so I ended up actually taking a semester off of school. Um, this was about the same time that I was working full time. And I took a semester off to just like regroup because I didn't know where to go from here. So I took that semester off. And then that summer I figured out that I could take my family consumer development classes, those credits and my psychology credits and take my business credits and kind of smash them together into what they called an interdisciplinary studies degree. Um, and so I was able to smash them all together. And then I only needed three more classes, which I all did online while I worked full time and then got my bachelor's degree. Cool. So you yeah. have your bachelor's degree. Yes, I do. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, perfect. Uh, tell us how many pets you have, what kind of pets they are and what their names are. Okay. So my like immediate pets um, are my three dogs. So we have three dogs. We have Jax. He's the oldest. He will actually be six in a couple of weeks. And I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that because I got him when he was a puppy, Aww. like eight weeks old puppy. Yeah. Um, he is half German Shepherd, half Australian Shepherd, and he is the sweetest boy. He's like the perfect dog, quite literally the perfect dog. Then we have Sage, who is two and a half. She'll be three this year. She is a full Australian Shepherd, and she's psycho in the in a cute way though like she's just super high energy she's super smart and she super sweet obedient but psycho yes sweet but a psycho yeah <laughs> um yeah that describes her very perfectly and then our most recent little addition is coco and she is still very much a puppy she was born in september of 2020 so she's not even six months old yet she will be six months this month i guess and she is half Australian Shepherd, half Border Collie. So we have at least half of an Aussie in each of our dogs. And I'm in love with that breed. Love them so much. And Coco is, um, she's very, ner she's a nervous and anxious dog. So we're actually going to get some, uh, a dog trainer to come in and kind of help us with her because she has a hard time like with men. And so she doesn't get along with my husband. She's not like a playful puppy like you would like you would think of a yeah. normal. Yeah. yeah, she's she'll she'll run from you if you approach her too quickly, like things like that. Poor girl. Um, I know, but we're working on it. She's, she's getting better. Beautiful too. She's pretty. Uh, okay. Well, that leads me into your Jesse has horses or and had horses. Mm -hmm. So tell us about like how did you get into barrel racing and all about that stuff? Yeah. So it, it actually goes back to the summer of 2012. Um, that was my year between freshman and sophomore. I had to think about that. Between freshman and sophomore year of college. And there were some girls that I knew that, uh, that I knew in high school that had went up to this little town called Dubois, Wyoming. 
that summer of 2012 and had worked on this dude ranch and dude means guest. So it was a guest ranch. So they worked there throughout the summer. Um, They went and they lived up there in the cabins and, you know, did all different types of things hospitality wise. And so I had actually dated someone that summer that kind of got me back into like the country thing, like, um, four wheeling and dirt biking and like more, I don't, I don't know how to explain it other than like country things like fishing, hunting, that type of stuff. Yeah. And my dad was a hunter all growing up. And so I had kind of disconnected from that. And then this dating, this guy kind of got me back into like listening to country music and like going shotgun shooting and like all that stuff. And so these girls that I knew, I reached out to them like over the course of the winter and was like, Hey, you know, what was that job that you did? Whatever. Ended up interviewing, ended up getting the job. So the following summer of 2013, I went up to Wyoming and worked on this dude ranch. And, you know, we would do things like we'd be waitresses. Um, we would clean cabins. We would, you know, do dishes, like all different types of things around the ranch. And dude ranches, they these guests come for a week. They stay in a cabin. They get a horse assigned to them for the week. And they go on all of these trail rides and stuff. And as part of this, this community in Wyoming is a very horsey ranch heavy community. So they have tons of these different ranches because the country up there is beautiful for trail riding. And this town had this small town rodeo every Friday. And it was a great thing for the guests because not a lot of these guests, they're from the East coast or from other countries. And they're not familiar with rodeo because rodeo is really only a, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just a U.S. thing. It's everywhere, but it's more common in the U.S. And so they come and they go to this rodeo every Friday night and they watch it and they love it. Right. So as a staff, we would get to go to this rodeo every Friday and it was just, you know, this really cool thing. Well, at the end of the summer, I had the opportunity to actually enter the rodeo in an event called breakaway roping, not barrel racing, but it's where you um, rope a calf and then the rope breaks off your, like it pulls off of your saddle, like, um, and they time it, right? So I had the opportunity, my boss, ranch boss, let me ride one of their horses and I did terrible. I didn't catch the calf at all. Like it was just like, but it remi- that exhilaration and that adrenaline reminded me of when I played soccer and stuff like that all throughout high school. And I missed like that competition type of thing. So I came home from that summer. Um, my and my mom's side of the family. So her uncles and her dad and, and parents, my grandparents did thoroughbred racehorses. And so that was my tie to horses was that side of the family. So I enlisted the help of my uncles. I actually went out and my, one of my uncles helped me find my very first horse. Um, her name was Callie and I found her. And honestly, I just started doing it. Like I read books. I was on YouTube. I, you know, that's just like what I if wanted. If you know Jesse, yeah. like that's just true Jesse style too. Like we just, you just pick it up and go. And that's why you're such a good entrepreneur. Yeah. 
And, and I got myself involved with the Utah State, that's where I went to school, the Utah State rodeo team um, as a non-competing member that first winter. So like I would just go to the practices and like just be there and be around. And like I got to know some really amazing people during that time. And then the following summer, 2014, I went back, took my horse, Callie. We actually ended up going, getting into barrel racing because I didn't have calves to, to rope or anything. So we ended up getting into barrel racing. I took her back that following summer. We competed in that rodeo every week. It was so much fun. And then I came back fall of 2014 and I competed on the Utah State rodeo team. Again, I was not very is, good, but I, I did it and I loved it. Is this how you met RJ? No, actually. Because RJ, just for our listeners, but RJ roped. Yes, Yes, he ropes. So did mm-hmm. he start roping before or after you guys met? Before. Okay. Yeah. So he. Then how like, did you guys meet? So we actually met at that first full-time job of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we actually, this is a funny story and we're kind of going on a tangent on these questions, but this is what this is all about. So I'm just going to gush. Um, the fall of 2014, I was boarding my horse at the county fairgrounds Um, and the county fairgrounds had a couple of arenas where you could go ride and one of the arenas was right next to where all the stalls were and so I remember riding my horse in that arena and I remember like I saw RJ like I met RJ there I remember like his I saw him and his dad because he lived with his dad at the time and RJ had two horses that he would come in and ride And he was riding a horse that was the same color as mine. And babe, if you're listening, I'm going to tell my version of the story. All right. (laughs) He was riding the, the horse that was the same color as mine. Okay. And I remember complimenting his horse. Be like, hey, I like your horse or whatever, you know. And that was, that was it. That was our communication. That was like fall of 2014 before I started working full time. Then I started working full time December of 2014. Um, I, and, and he worked at that same place and that's where we like met. Okay, cool. Um, I remember though, before we actually started talking on new year's Eve or new year's day, 2015, there was a roping at the county fairgrounds in the indoor arena. And I was out riding my other horse, the one that, uh, I ended up selling my first horse and getting my second horse, which the second horse is the one that passed away at end of January. And I remember I was riding her just around the fairgrounds. I had the day off cause it was new year's day. And I remember seeing RJ and his dad in their truck and trailer. I recognized the truck and trailer and I was like, Oh, that's that same, you know, guy and his dad, whatever riding or pulling in for the roping or something. Of course I did. Of course I did. And, and so then like, Ooh, there's that guy. Then ultimately we ended up, you know, chatting and getting to know each other more at work and stuff like that. And then the rest is history. The rest is history. RJ's version of the story is he thought I was a huge, like stuck up bitch. Like <laughs> that first time when I like complimented his horse. Oh my gosh. Him and I will will like that that's our ride or die. Like I will ride my version of the story until I die. Yeah. And he will write his version of the story until he dies. Isn't we just cannot so agree. Funny? We cannot agree on it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I feel like there's always one person who remembers more nitty gritty details. Yeah. And I could see that being you. Yes. You and RJ. Yes. That's so funny. 
Okay. Uh, we're gonna, we've got a few more minutes left on this episode. So let's see. Uh, if you could do so, how would you change the world? Just one thing. It doesn't have to be. I, I wish that I could somehow, this is going to sound kind of holier than thou, and I don't mean it that way, but like, I wish like everybody had the perspective that I had that, which is, I don't have to understand why you do what you do or why you've made the decisions that you have made, but I respect that. Right. I wish that everyone could just respect across. I wish, yeah, I guess it is that way. You know, I wish everyone just had a level of respect for people with other beliefs, other, you know, choices, other things like that. Right. Um, Because I feel like if we could understand where people are coming from, we'd have a lot less confusion, complication, um, hatefulness towards one another. Like, I really just think if we could all be on the same level of perspective, and respect for each other, then that go a long way. Get along, exactly. I totally love that about you. Um, okay, and one last thing: if you had one big goal in the next however many years, what would that big goal look like for you? My big, like, scary goal is I want to qualify for what's called the National Finals Rodeo in barrel racing um it's a really like if knowing where i'm at right now which is i don't have a horse i'm not riding at all that's a really scary thing for me to admit because i'm nowhere near that that's like it's like the super bowl of rodeo if you don't understand rodeo it's like the top 15 who have been competing in rodeos across the country right all year long the rodeo season is october 1st through september 30th and then the nfr is in december usually held in las vegas and it's where they crown the world champion so i mean it's the super bowl it's the nba finals it's the world series that's that level of rodeo right and i want to qualify for it and that's been a goal of mine since i started barrel racing in 2013. you'll make it happen i know you Thanks. Determined AF is Jesse for sure. Hashtag determined <laughs> AF. <laughs> this was so fun. I yeah. feel like our listeners got to get to know us a little bit more. And yes. things that things that we don't normally talk about too. Things like, we don't normally talk like about. Like you talked about your experience in LA and I talked all about horses and stuff. Horses. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see where like both of those things have, you know, kind of structured our lives to be for me at least, like public speaking and being in front of a crowd and kind of being more impromptu and dealing with different personalities. Um, and for Jesse too, it's like highly competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, all things that a good entrepreneur probably has. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, well, cool. I'm so excited that you guys uh, gave us a listen today and I hope that you guys tune in again next week on Thursdays. And uh, I hope you have the best day ever. Yes. We will see you guys next week. All right. Bye.